coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's raining games. Hallelujah, it's raining games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We have got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Direct, as well as the fact that Square Enix and Capcom are more committed to the Switch now than ever. Plus, on Thursday, we're going to be coming back to talk about new Super Mario Bros. U and maybe the rest of the new Super Mario Bros. series. Who knows? In the meantime, Mark, how? Are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I'm I am also. I don't know why that question threw me. <laughs> you weren't expecting. <laughs> it. I wasn't. <laughs> oh no! It's like we've never done this before. It's a uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society gotcha journalism at its worst. <laughs> I mean, pulling back the curtain here a little bit. Hmm. We're recording this about an hour and a half later than we usually start. It's a little bit later. So you know if. People come to this podcast to hear about uh, to hear us complain about how tired we are. <laughs> Have we got a show for you? Oh yeah, it's going to be all about how early did I get up? It's going to be all about how the coffee machine wasn't working. It's going to be all about all of these things. One thing I will complain about is ra- <laughs> it's rather cold outside. Moving into the weather report, it is rather cold outside. Yeah, we're in that like L.A. winter mm. where it is, or I guess L.A. like late fall i guess early fall i don't know you can just call it winter i think that's okay i think it's in uh i always remember there's a they, a common joke growing up in wisconsin and then it's the same joke in illinois it turns out uh which is that there are four seasons uh almost winter winter still winter and road construction <laughs> Uh, and i feel like la is just the opposite of that where we have one winter and then it's like Almost summer, summer, and still summer. Oh, I thought you were going to say one winter and three road constructions. That, that is also true. The five is never going to be finished, guys. No, never. It's cold. At the, <laughs> at the moment that we're recording this, it is cold. Uh, it, it, it's, it's chilly at worst. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It is L.A. cold. I was cold. Mm-hmm. I am cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if this is the kind of high-quality show that you enjoy... You- Look, we're real tired right now. <laughs> Our guest weather today is from Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, it is l- actually cold there. Right. When I looked up the weather in Keene, New Hampshire, it was 34 degrees Fahrenheit. It is, you know, we're looking at highs in the 40s. Got some rain in there. Little scattered sunshine. Tell you what, a high in the 40s is not, that's, that's no high, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that's not... <laughs> I'm saying that's not high enough to be high. What if our show isn't? Turns out that it's not. We're gonna, we're not going to be tired. We're just going to be punchy. Mm, well, big ups to <laughs> the biggest of ups to our listeners in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, and uh, big ups to our own punchiness. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest of ups. Let's get into what. <laughs> let's get into what we've been playing this week, Mark. So I made a mistake, a mistake that I telegraphed on last week's show. 
That mistake was, hey, I could get Sonic Forces for only $32. Yeah, $32 is garbage to me. That's garbage money. What is that? Six cups of coffee? So I bought Sonic Forces, uh, and I have been playing it. Have been playing it might be a bit extreme. I played it for like a day. Um, it's not a good game. It uh, thinks it's this like dramatic war epic, um, you know, set in the Sonic the Hedgehog universe, and then begrudgingly makes you play a game in between cutscenes. Um, and the game is just not. It's not fun. It switches between styles. Um, sometimes you're controlling classic Sonic, which is sort of cool. Um, and it's like a 2D side-scrolling thing. And other times it's very Sonic adventure but never with like a, a hub world that feels like anything. The game's a real bummer. It's, it's interesting to me that this game was budget-priced, mm-hmm. right? Like $40. Uh, are other Sonic titles... Uh, like I think of Sonic games as being like full price, you know, like sixty dollar buy-ins. Yeah. But it seems like a little, a bit of a concession, that for uh, Sega to just be like, eh, we know we can only ask forty dollars for this. How bad is it if normally they're willing to ask sixty dollars? Well, I think because the uh, the remake of Ratchet and Clank was that earlier this year? Or was that last year on on the PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Um, that that came out at forty bucks. Oh, so did. Uh, was that where the ins- Crash? In- yes, in- insane, insane trilogy. Uh-huh. That's Crash Bandicoot. In case you thought it was maybe some other kind of Crash. No, His name is Crash, right? Am I getting that right? His name is Crash. His yes. name is Crash. Yes, Crash the Bandicoot. Yes. Okay. Um, so maybe that's just like the price point for, uh, you know, nostalgia driven, uh, mascot platform. But I would argue that Forces is not like a, it's not a remaster. It's not a, no, that's right. It's like Mm -hmm. a, it's whole new thing. You were showing me some of it Mm -hmm. and, um, like the most interesting thing to me was that it has like an avatar maker. Yes. Like you can make your own character to exist in the Sonic universe. But it seems they like call him the rookie. The rookie, mm-hmm. and it's it, like you made a bird. Yeah, I made a bird, and you can be like a bear or a cat or a hedgehog. Can you be a cat that's like? Can you choose your? You cannot size, choose can you a be fat like, cat. You can't be no, like no. Big. <laughs> you cannot be like big the cat. But it, um, I didn't like how it like. You have Sonic missions, and you have classic Sonic. Then mm-hmm. there's like ones that your avatar that the rookie can do and right that's like how yeah, it works and that's, like it's all kind of so yeah there there are some sonic missions there are some classic sonic missions and then there are some avatar missions on top of that there are some where you're controlling both the avatar and sonic at the same time and they just sort of like move together but like those levels are so like they are uh emblematic of like what's wrong with the whole game is that like you're never really sure which one of them you're controlling, you know? Like, you just sort of move the, like, mass that is the two of them around. And that's, like, the whole game, where you're like, I don't really know if I can run on this. I don't really know if this is an enemy. I don't really know if, you know, jumping here is going to plummet me off the side or, like, if I need to just be running straight forward so Sonic automatically runs or, like, jumps onto a railing or whatever. It's a mess. The The, the game is just a mess. Well... That's kind of a bummer. It it feels like... Because, like, Sonic Mania was really well-received. 
Yeah. And so here's here's the thing. I would like other people to experience this game if uh, for no other reason than just like morbid curiosity. Like it's a good curiosity satisfier. So here's a deal that I want to make to anyone, anyone who's into it. Send us an email, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail and send me your address and I will mail you my copy of Sonic Forces. Play it for a little bit, however long you want. And then send it back to me. Yours. <laughs> I love this. I and think then this, I think this is great. And then when I get it back, I'll send it to somebody else. It's like a one game gamefly. It's like a one game gamefly, and the game's not very good. It's a Sonic Forces delivery service. So just email us. Uh, you don't need to even really write anything in the. Just give me your give me your address. And look, if someone wants to scam me and just take my copy of Sonic Forces and first never all, send it back to shame me, shame on you. First of all, shame on you. But fi- fair play. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody who listens to this show is that type of person. If any, but if anyone wants to scam me, all you have or to do, or if you are that type of person, yeah, all you have to do is send an email here with your address, and I will send you my copy of Sonic Forces. So not only will you be scamming Patrick, you will be proving me wrong that's right that's a double whammy <laughs> it's a win-win <laughs> for you right and like a net negative for the universe uh i picked up doom yeah tell me about doom so i've only played a few hours i think we're going to be talking about it a little more in depth sometime in the future when i've had a little bit more time to go through it um i'm re- i'm really enjoying it we talked about this a little bit earlier the first time i picked it up there was I had like a really like visceral reaction to it. It really was kind of like a gut punch because the game is so uh it's very aggro mm. and very, you know, like uh the whole point of the game and they really get you straight into it is just like you're busting uh, up demons. Yeah, yeah. Just like destroying them very in very graphic ways. And yeah, I had like a really not like negative reaction, but it has just been so long since I have played a game like this. Um, do you think that's because we've been kind of like head down in Nintendo for the last yeah I year th- or so? I think so, but I'm also trying to think of, I guess maybe if I had played like Resident Evil 7. Yeah. That's like a, a game that I would have picked up that would probably have the same sort of feeling to it. But yeah, for so long, for, geez, I don't even know, like, the year that we've been doing this show. Yeah, I mean, at, at the very least since March when the Switch came out and, like, that that's kind of become... Since Zelda, I guess. Since yeah, Breath it's of the been, Wild. like, yeah. it's definitely been my primary, like, gaming device. And this is the first game on Switch that is this sort of... I mean, there's no really other way to say it. Like, gory, mm-hmm, violent mm-hmm. game. And, yeah, it did take me aback for a moment. I was like, whoa. This feels nuts, but it it's I feel like it's really well rendered. I don't have anything to compare it against. Um, I know a lot of the reviews from were talking about how it doesn't look good in docked mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like resolution wise, it only runs at like 720p, but it didn't it didn't bother me. I didn't really notice it. It does. It looks amazing in handheld mode. Yeah, of like course. when you're playing in handheld, it's like this. It, it's it's, it's a miracle, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun. And I played a couple of online matches, and it's very, like, uh, the most online I had played probably most recently was, like, uh, Destiny or Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, 
to me reminds me a lot more of like PC online shooters where the matches are a little longer, the maps are a little bigger. You have more freedom to just like run around and do things rather than just like a three minute uh um deathmatch. Kind of. I mean yeah. it is a it is a deathmatch. It just feels more like PC. Sure, okay. You, you you feel more like you're sitting in it than it like less arcadey almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I uh it's interesting to see it on the Switch. Uh well I look forward to talking about that it more deeply when we I think what we're gonna end up doing is just sort of like a third party November roundup episode one of these weeks. Right. Um after like Ellie Noir is out and probably after Skyrim is out and Rocket League and I'm jumping ahead and naming all the, the <laughs> things that are gonna be coming out. Um I we've also been playing New Super Mario Brothers U, um, which we will talk about on uh Thursday. All right, Mark, let's get into the new releases. So, like you mentioned, this is kind of the beginning of the third-party deluge. Mm -hmm. And so this week, today alone, November 14th, we have L.A. Noir. Yes. Coming out. Batman the Telltale series. Rocket League. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. It might actually be live right now as we're recording this. It might be, yeah. Um, and then Rhyme also comes out today. Also, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. These are these are a bunch of games coming to this thing, um, and I have yet to prioritize what I'm going to grab here. I think I'm picking up three games today. So are you getting uh, L.A. Noir, the Batman game, and Rocket League? Yeah. Have it, did you play the Batman game on any of the other mm, platforms? I no. haven't either, but I've heard good things. I've heard good things too, um, and you know, I I always like the idea of a Telltale game, and then I'm like. Eh. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know if I need this. Um, for for the most part, you know, the yeah. Walking Dead is good, but um, yeah. Other than that, it's it. They've been hard for me to get into, but obviously, I like Batman, so uh, I'll I'll give I'll give that one a shot. Uh, really interested to see how La Noir is. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, it's a game that is uh not very fun to play. Mm -hmm. That was mostly like a tech demo. And I never owned it, but my friends had it. And it was interesting, like, riding around a realized Los Angeles. So and here's... you can, like, pull up the in-game map and mm -hmm. be like, oh, that's where I live. Right. Well, here's, here's my plan. My plan is to get L.A. Noir on the Switch. And then, as I play the game, drive to those locations <laughs> in real modern-day Los Angeles. Play the scenes in those spaces. So it's going to be a lot of, like, driving downtown to the police station, right? <laughs> It should be fun. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, excited to hear what you think of that. And then on November 17th, which is Friday. Yes. Yeah, that works out. Uh, it's, of course, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which feels like such a weird afterthought. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird that those are... I mean, it, it's, almost, it's weird to me that they exist um, as like a, sort of like sub-sequels to each of them. Like in, instead of like meeting halfway and being like, uh, the the uh, oh, what 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 was the rumored stars stars um instead of being stars. that stars <laughs> stars <laughs> um that it's just like a little mini sequel to each one 
And like this time last year, I was super hyped for Sun and Moon to be released. Mm -hmm. And so uh, maybe what I'm feeling now is the absence of that. And so I'm just projecting my lack of hype for these games onto the universe. But it's hard to know how excited people are for this game. I mean, obviously it's Pokemon. Right. But it feels like as a fan base, we have moved on to the Switch. Yeah, it's hard to say because I know that I do not speak for Pokemon fans. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know that I, I, I don't speak. We don't speak for Nintendo no, fans. No, barely. We I frequently don't speak for Patrick. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's like my personal excitement about them is like a, a zero. Um, and I liked Pokemon Moon. And I liked Pokemon Sun. <laughs> and I'm sure we would like these Ultra versions as well. But it's just kind of like I got other stuff to play. But. If it was St- Pokemon Stars and it was on the Switch... Oh, yeah. I'd be there. I would buy it. I'd be there. That's what's so weird. But it's on the 3DS. It might as well be dead to me. I'm more excited <laughs> for Skyrim, which yes. comes out the same day. This will be... My, uh, personally, this will be the second time I buy and play this game. I know for other people, you know, Skyrim has become uh, like a Resident Evil 4. Like, right. honestly, like Grand Theft Auto 5, where it's a perennial it has been available in so many different forms on so many different systems that you could have easily purchased this like three or four times. Yeah, and every time it could have been like a, an exciting purchase. Yeah, and I'm excited to <laughs> buy it on Switch. Again, it's the same sort of thing as like Doom where you're like, I can't believe this is on a portable system. And yet, here we are. It's all very exciting. All right, Mark, let's move out of the new releases. <laughs> Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, shoot, Mark. <laughs> Hold on, wait, I gotta I gotta queue up this performance here. Alright, there we go. Uh we're talking about sleepovers. Pro or con? When, uh, as, when you were a kid. When right? I was a kid. Yeah. Uh I think I I had them a lot as a kid. So I think pro hosted at your house, or did you did you prefer at your house or going over to somebody else's house? I don't know. Like either way, I feel like inconvenienced, right? Although I, as a kid, was pretty good at not sleeping in my bed. Like I didn't need to have that kind of comfort. Um, I know there were other kids that had a harder time with that, and I was always with the kids, making fun of the one kid who was like, "I'm gonna go back to my bed." I don't know. What about you? Did were, were you pro sleepovers? No, I was pretty. I was pretty con, mm. um, which is a surprise, I'm sure, to everybody because I'm so much fun to be around. But it has, especially like, as we get more and more <laughs> tired. <laughs> but it, it it has like continued into my adult life, uh, where I like being in social situations, like a party mm-hmm. or something, for a little bit. But I like being able to leave on my own terms. I like being able to be like. I'm done with this now. Right. The I night is over. I had my fill. Mm-hmm. And with sleepovers, that's not like, even as like a 10-year-old, that's not a thing that could happen. Right. So you could be like, oh, it's like two in the morning. And well, we'll never oh, know. I guess, I guess we'll, we'll never know, we'll how, know. How, how, how that ends. Uh, we were accompanied today by the Northwestern Library. And I got to say, 
It's a cowardly performance, a 433. They cut it off after like a minute and a half. All right, let's move into the news. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. so I guess we need to talk about the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Direct that happened last Tuesday. I'm not sure that I'm capable of this task of, <laughs> I don't know that I can do this. So, um, we had... I don't know, high hopes for this. We were hoping for it to kind of turn around yeah. our uh, feelings on the game. And I've got to say, uh, mission not accomplished. I would say, what's the opposite of accomplished? Unaccomplished? Mission unaccomplished. No, I, I, I am, uh, my, my hype levels for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after seeing the direct, I'm like, Oh, I don't understand anything about this game. So, exactly. And emblematic emblematic of me, emblematic of the problem to me. Mm, yes. <laughs> I got there. Yeah, you're there. <laughs> is, like, the, uh, I guess, like, the trailer, the story trailer, mm-hmm. kind of like the character introduction thing, where there was, in the very beginning, I didn't really understand what was going on, but it felt like something I could... uh. Like it was an entry point where sure. uh, Ash is that the Rex Rex Rex. Mm-hmm. Rex right Ash is from Pokemon that's right okay so Rex, which we're also huge fans of <laughs> so Rex is standing in front of like the uh, tank or whatever that the sword is in mm-hmm. and he's like it's a girl and then somebody comes up and stabs him from behind and then he he's like dying and the sword girl is like I will give my some of my life force to you so you can continue to live and i'm like okay that's like a premise that i understand right the next like two minutes of this trailer is them introducing two billion characters right it's not even like it would be one thing if it just like piled on weird nonsense where you could at least like track the logic and be like okay that kind of subverts that twist 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 it is literally just like here's another character here's another character this character is a little fuzzy ball here's another character this character is a lion was the audio that i was watching poorly just not because who was talking was it the people, it seemed like the characters that were being introduced no idea. were not the ones that were delivering dialogue, or if they were, it, like, the dialogue they chose didn't match the scene that was going on? Like, I found the It was also in Japanese, with English confusing. subtitles. Yeah. Um, which is uh, something that they're spout, you know, that's uh, something they're putting up as, like, a... Yeah, that's a selling uh, point. That's a selling point. And, and it is a selling point mm-hmm. to me, because we heard, we've heard the English voices before, and they are not good yeah this thing is all whiffs to me at this point like (laughs) i'm not excited about anything yeah um and they're so like they introduced the concept that uh rex your main character is a driver no no need to explain what that means of course everyone knows what a driver means in the universe of xenoblade chronicles uh and then there are blades which are like some sort of mythological people creature things that enhance your weapons and there's a lot of them there are a lot of them. Every one of your drivers can uh, equip three of them, except for Rex. Who... And, the, and the tank lady, as in the lady who was in the tank. Right. M. Night Shyamalan's Lady the in tank. the Tank. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you have spoilers for Lady in the Tank, please email them to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We'll send you a copy of Sonic Forces. <laughs> it's just the look, copy. It's just, I was going to say, it's just one copy. <laughs> Once we run out, we are out. Um, yeah, and then, like, 
they moved on to tr- introduce, I guess, like the combat or the systems. And again, it was just like, oh, it's insane. You gotta give me a base level entry point, right? It's like they're talking about it. It it's like if you could only read like the buffs you get at like level twelve in a uh, character class in D anD D, and then it's like you understand the whole game, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't know what it means to have like plus two to dexterity. I don't know what that means. It totally, absolutely, it totally reminded me of. Like, did you ever have a teacher or, or or a professor who was really smart and really good at the uh, um, like subject they were teaching, mm-hmm. but because it came so easily to them, they could not convey to somebody who was learning, uh, like how like the basics of it? Because they're like, why do you not understand right, this? Yes. And you're like, and I, why doesn't it not just not right. just come easy to you? That's how I felt like watching this direct. Where it was like, come on, dummy, how come you don't get what like who these kajillion characters are. Yeah, one the thing that's like super confusing is that it like is this something that if we were fans of the original Xenoblade Chronicles that we would be like, okay, I have a base level knowledge or not. Like I have I have no idea. Well and even if it even if that is true, what a failure who are of a those direct. People? Right. But what a failure of a direct, you know? Like you can't just sell to the people who's bought Xenoblade's Chronicles Cross. Right. Those people are already gonna buy this game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was a, it was a big, big whiff to me. But luckily, they announced an expansion pass. Oh yeah, that's great because <laughs> they're gonna keep selling content for this thing until fall of 2018. Uh, so great, drop another twenty bucks right up front and get all of that eventually. I mean, I think it tells you how deep my like soul weariness for this game yeah. is that. I they offered a free costume for Link in Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. for completing a new side quest, and I can't even be bothered. Now, is it really a new side quest, or is it just I haven't looked into it yet. I don't have. Is it <laughs> um, or is it just like the uh, costumes, the other um, like downloadable content that came with uh, uh, the uh, Master Trials, where it's just like you just have to go like find it somewhere. You just in the have world, to go like, find, find like the different yeah. pieces. I'm not sure. I'm sure if it is a, or I guess I'm not sure because I have done zero research into mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I feel like if it is a side quest, it is a very shallow side quest. Right. Like, um. But yeah, yeah we it's don't... a new costume for Link, and I don't care. No. Well, here's the thing. It's a stupid costume. It's a a stupid costume modeled after a stupid character I don't know and don't like. The character might be cool. Well, the game could come out. And the be... game could come out and be good. I think Here's, they've just yes. done such a poor job mm-hmm. of explaining why I should care. Or what it is. <laughs> like, I don't... When I see five characters on the screen and, like, uh, 30 numbers fly up from... Like, I have no concept of, like, is the person playing this? Are, has the game been progressing steadily enough to, like, the point where they understand it? Or is it nonsense to everyone? Um, which I believe is a quote from the original Legend of Zelda. It's nonsense to everyone. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I just, I just don't understand what this thing is. Um, and like, I think I could really stand to just like watch someone play the first hour of it or something, um, and then you know make a decision about whether I, whether I care. I would genuinely love for somebody, if anybody's listening who does enjoy the series. Mm-hmm. Um, to just shoot us a note and explain what you like about it. You don't have to try to like explain the 
series or the direct to us. Right. And also, we've been coming in hot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, take a breath before sending that email. Right, right. Like, chill out. It's going to be okay. We'll take your word for it. Yeah. I mean, and, we might not believe you. Well, I mean, I'll believe you. It may not pique my interest. There you go. But uh, if you include Dragos, we'll send you a the copy. That's right, the only copy of Sonic Forces. How are you curating this list? Is it like the order in which it's received? Sure. Cool. I like right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, maybe probably only within the U.S. No, forget it. Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> it's. I may just be sending the game card, like, <laughs> just in a regular envelope. <laughs> Uh, In an interview on IGN's Nintendo Voice Chat, Factor 5 President President Julian Egbert Mm -hmm. spoke about the canceled Wii game Star Wars Rogue Leaders. He expressed a lot of regret about how that game was shelved and expressed some cagey interest in bringing the game to the Switch. Egbert acknowledged that this would require buy-in from Disney, EA, and Nintendo, but also declined to answer any questions about Factor 5's ongoing relationship with Nintendo. Which raises questions. Uh... So are you um, a fan of the Rogue Games, Rogue Leader, and uh, Rogue Squadron? I have heard good things, but I never really played them. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of uh, Rogue Leader on the on the GameCube, and it's, you know, some surprisingly, like, ahead of its time um, Star Wars. Uh, Even just, like, visually, mm-hmm. they were supposed to be really exceptional for yeah, the time. Yeah, look really great on the, on the GameCube, and, uh, you know, they, they were working on this one for... Um, the Wii, and you know, it was done uh, according to the the interview that he gave um, on uh, uh, NBC, um, and that you know, for whatever whatever reasons, Lucasfilm or Nintendo or whomever was like, nope, we're shelving it. Um, so you know, that could be another one of those uh, Star Fox two esque lost classics um, revived at, at some point here. And it's it's cool to think that. Um, he he or factor five or whoever is, has been um in talks with nintendo and can't comment on what they're doing right now um might be star wars related no one knows no one knows what factor five is up to but it would be fun to play um that like long lost game uh on the switch yeah absolutely uh, the next North American Splatfest has a date and a theme mm. starting friday november 17th at 9 p.m pacific time players will be uh, pep- prepping, taking sides in either sci-fi or fantasy. Uh, Pick a side, nerds. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay, nerds. Uh, do you have an obvious answer to this? No, it's sci-fi tough. Or it is, it w- uh, it's a tough oh, one. Oh, man. You know, I think I would go with fantasy mm. with the caveat that it encompasses space fantasy, such as Star Wars. Now, see... Leave the Trek trash outside. Whoa! <laughs> see, I would say sci-fi, because it obviously encompasses Star Wars. Oh, man. This might be a topic for a 433, <laughs> this... because I don't think sci- Star Wars is sci-fi. I do mm, think it is space mm. fantasy. A small but very distinct difference. Uh, I, would, I would agree with science fantasy. What is science-y about? There are robots. <laughs> Fair point. I have, I have no counter-argument. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I have not been playing much Splatoon since it came out. Uh, I don't play with the regularity that I did before. I have been hop- hopping in when, uh, what is it called? Salmon Run is oh, active. Yeah, yeah. Because I really enjoy Salmon Run. 
and um kind of i have found that i am enjoying that more than doing regular uh yeah turf war turf war so but i do like that i do think that these splat fests are a good way to get people to come back even mm-hmm. if it is just for like a weekend um the, la- the last one i wasn't around for so wasn't able to the vampire and werewolf one. Oh yeah. I also maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But yeah, I it's I, I keep waiting for a, an opportunity um that like pulls me in. Um and this might do it. Um I mean I know there's there are a bunch of other games coming out, but like I'm I'm sort of at a place with Mario Odyssey where I don't like need to play a bunch more of it. Um so like yeah, just to have some time and hop into um the Splatfest. Seems like it could be fun. It's definitely one of those things that once I get back into it, like once I turn on the game and I'm like, I'm just going to play one or two mm-hmm. rounds of Salmon Run, it's very easy to suck hours mm-hmm. into that because it's still a really great game. Yeah, still. Uh, so this past week, uh, I mean, the past couple of weeks, we've seen some more companies going on the record about their Switch support mm-hmm. because it's all around like the um, their financial results being announced and them having like shareholder meetings and shareholder calls and stuff like that. So this was kind of the week where third parties um, talked a lot about Switch. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it was all very positive, good news. Like Ubisoft saw really great sales of... Isn't um, something like 18% of their sales from the quarter was uh, from uh, Mario Rabbids? Or was from Switch, which right. basically, yes, I think Mario Rabbids was the, was the main game, if not right. the only game that they had least and uh that's something like xbox one was like 20 percent, right so uh switch is doing very well for ubisoft we saw 2k say that they were very happy with 2k18 nba 2k18 sales and that they expect to uh continue to support the switch company wide and uh in japan capcom what would an episode be without talking about capcom that's the you can mark it now on <laughs> yeah on uh, on your bingo NCS card bingo right um said that the they are working on multiple titles for the switch uh planned for next fiscal year including a brand new Ace Attorney game hey yeah we were talking about last week in our trilogy in our best or favorite Nintendo trilogies episode that how much I love the first three Ace Attorney games mm-hmm. and. You know, I will absolutely buy yeah. a follow-up on Switch. You encouraged uh, our listeners and me to go back and try and play those games. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, well, there's a rumor that uh, early next year we are going to get, or early next fiscal year, so um, which I think theirs is like in May or something. Sure. Uh, the start of their fiscal year. They will have, they're going to be releasing collections, like HD collections on Switch of the first like six games or whatever it is, which is and also then consistent. In the fall, yeah, they would have a new one come out. That's like a new rumor that came out. So maybe you can play the entire series. Oh boy, that sounds like a lot of <laughs> a lot of visual novel. A lot of visual novel. But it'd also be interesting to see what else they have planned or coming up. Um, Square Enix has also decided to go all in on Switch. They discussed Proct- Project Octopath Traveler and Dragon Quest Eleven for Switch should all be out next next fiscal year. Uh, Dragon Quest XI, I'm assuming, is at this point Japan only, but it'd be awesome to see Nintendo bring it over. And that Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Give me that Octopath Traveler. Absolutely. 
Uh, they said the Switch is ideal for, quote, middle-range games, which Square Enix is good at making, so they will work on those aggressively. That's an interesting comment, right? Middle-range games? Um, what do you think that means? I, I think it does mean stuff like Octopath Traveler. And, like, um, I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere. I don't think we're ever those... gonna... I, 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 I think they consider those, like, budget tier, and okay. I don't think we're ever seeing any of those ever again, because Lost Sphere tanked hard oh, yeah? in Japan when it was released mm. last month, and uh, I don't think I Am Setsuna set the world on fire either. But, yeah, I think, like, those types of... Um, basically, like, the Square Enix RPGs that we saw on 3DS... You know, sure. like bravely default, bravely default like yeah. those kind of that kind of stuff. Uh, they have become very good at making, and I think we could definitely see a home for those sorts of projects on Switch in a way that I don't think you really could on PS4. Sure, just that sort of uh, marriage of handheld and uh, home console that kind of o- opens that up for a broader like range of game. And when considering games for Switch, Square Enix won't rule out any IPs. So this includes new ones, currently active ones, and not active games. New Switch games may become multi-platform, but Square Enix, again, promises to aggressively make games for Switch. Again, this makes sense. We've kind of talked about from the beginning that once Switch started to get traction in Japan with the 3DS Dine, the Vita, um, you know, like pretty much out the door, Mm -hmm. and the PS4 doing okay, but not amazing that uh, it makes sense for like a Switch and or maybe Switch PS4 future for companies who are still focused on the Japanese market. Yeah. Um, the idea that uh, no IP is off the table is very exciting to me, um, even though I'm sure they're going to be circling the same like couple um, uh, series that, that, that they always do. Um, I, I saw some... Um, chatter on the internet today that like what if there's a, another the world is not enough game um that would be dope uh what if there's another chrono game right like we've only had the two um it seems like i mean there's there's a there's a lot of space here for them to like grow into what what the switch could be one thing i think will be interesting to see is you know we haven't had a I know Kingdom Hearts 3 is in the works, mm. and right now it's just announced for Xbox One and PS4 and maybe PC, but I, you know, I think those are the only consoles. When asked about bringing it to the Switch, um, it sounded like it's not in the works at the moment, but previously when you had the Vita and the 3DS and on the DS and I guess even the Game Boy Advance as well, you had that like... The spin-off games. You had those spin-off games or even like the games that were part of the main series, but they were on a handheld and so the budgets were smaller because uh, you know, like the the amount of work to make these like sub HD three DS games was significantly less. Right. Then and if you you how do you what do you do with that? With that same sort of uh is there still opportunity for that like two strata of the same franchise? in a world where you're like supporting the switch which is a hd console um but is home to these kind of like games right, that used to be on the handouts down, right. before i don't know like i don't know if I, what i'm saying is making sense but no it um, does it, it makes sense that like there's if they just want to have uh, like another space for an, another slightly different less expensive for them to make kingdom hearts game that space is the switch. It is, but like, how does that work when basically we're expecting the same sort of 
right? Like if they brought a spinoff to Switch and the it looked like the 3DS game, right? It or would even have, the it Vita would game, look, it would be right. no good. But then at that point, aren't you just making a game that's as big and expensive as Kingdom Hearts Three? That's what that's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Like, how do you continue? Yeah, well, because I, I think that like the Wii U in some or the the Switch. Why did I say Wii U? That was weird. <laughs> that the Switch is uh, more or less um, becoming that like the step down technologically speaking console. So like it is still cheaper to make you know a Switch game than a like a whatever you would say a full blown switch game versus a full blown like Xbox One X game or whatever you know you're still not doing like 4K visuals or like HDR or whatever um that there's still fewer like presentational strains on uh that end maybe just the budget for the kind of middle range has to be inflated a little bit um but not just not as high as it would be on like the kind of bleeding edge consoles and maybe it comes down to like visual differentiation uh because you know nintendo when they see supporting the 3ds where will they put those you know like uh phantom hourglass or link Mm -hmm. between worlds types games there's totally room for them on the switch but before you know the same sort of like budgetary constraints i guess you could make that differentiation between in like art style yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could cont- do do something like that with Kingdom Hearts or any franchise. Really. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how people or how like developers uh, like carve out these uh, sort of I- identities for games because I, I I do feel like they're going to have to make them on purpose now instead of um, as capped by the hardware. Um, that like it, it would, you know, you make a smaller 3DS game because that's as much as the 3DS can handle. Now, as much as the Switch can handle, you know, that's Doom, that's Breath of the Wild, you know, that's, that's, these are intensive games. And maybe uh, Octopath Traveler is an example of that yes. sort of mm-hmm. a choice. Hey, Hulu came out for the Switch Hey, uh, last week. Very little fanfare, just like quietly showed up on the App Store. Yeah, is uh, on the eShop. Strange. Um, so I, I uh, added a little note in here um, that just uh, referring back to the um interview that uh the factor five guy gave on um and uh no wait where NCS? nvc nvc um that uh a lot of the factor five guys are working for um are working for hulu now um and he just relayed a little bit of information that nintendo was holding back a little piece of um encryption that all video streaming services use um until after the platform was launched so like everything that they were supplying people with was just like game driven um and so they were sort of you know holding uh any of that uh like video streaming ability uh until later and makes sense to me we had mm-hmm. talked about in the past how nintendo in their presentations in their marketing message for the switch was very clear it plays games yeah yeah and uh so it makes sense that they would kind of want to wait a little bit for it to be established in the market before they're like quietly and it can do this other stuff right. too it can do this stuff. Why shouldn't it? Uh, finally, Super Mario Run is currently in the middle of a promotion featuring statues from Super Mario Odyssey. Hey! Uh, I like a, both those games. Yeah, there's like a uh, Mario wedding statue that I guess they kind of look like the Amiibos. Uh, is yeah. Is that what I'm... When when there are Amiibos, yeah. When there are Amiibos. Uh, so like the Mario and his wedding outfit, the Peach in her dress, Bowser in his tuxedo, and then there's also a Pauline statue. Yeah. 
Why um, why no Pauline Amiibo? Yeah, why no Pauline Amiibo? She's exactly as playable as Bowser or Peach, which is to say not at all <laughs> in the game. <laughs> uh maybe Mario Odyssey Amiibo round two. Oh yeah, that 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 I would believe that. Anyway, uh so those you can check the uh like little notification schedule um in the thing for uh it's it's basically just like going in and collecting the prize from the box um this week next week the week after and so on um and you can get those cool statues mark let's move out of the news and that's going to do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society um we didn't mention before but uh if you would please rate review subscribe on um apple podcasts that helps us out a lot. Um, the only way really we get uh, any new listeners is from people sharing us or from people uh, discovering us on Apple Podcasts and the reviews do a lot to help that. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who has left a review. Thank you to everyone who has shared the mm-hmm. show with a friend. We really like doing the show and we really like hearing from people who are enjoying it. Yeah, and if you are not enjoying it and you just want to get your hands on my copy of Sonic Forces, you can send us an email at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at Nincart Society. And on Facebook, it is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Uh, our music is provided by Ape Betty. You can listen to Ape Betty's music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers offering you my copy of Sonic Forces to borrow. Tomorrow. To borrow. To, tomorrow? Borrow. To borrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network? Folks, it's Casey and Jonathan from the Sleepers Podcast. That's right. We are a fantasy football podcast. But guess what else? We do a lot of fun stuff on our podcast. If you don't like fantasy football, that's fine because we're not actually that good at giving fantasy football advice. No, I actually don't even enjoy it. <laughs> it's not even fun. It's not even. We fun. both want to die. <laughs> yeah. It's great. No. We do segments on our show. We have fun. We do segments like we today we recasted the cast of Seinfeld. Recast Seinfeld with NFL players. with NFL players. Oh, can you imagine how funny oh that was? Last week we had a thing about. Halloween costume an NFL player would have worn as a kid. Guess what? Gronk was a potato. It was crazy. crazy. We're having fun. We hope you like it. Anyway, thank you so much to Patrick and Mark. We love you. We love Nintendo Cartridge Society. Absolutely. And if you want to check us out, we are the Sleepers Podcast. Also, we have a Twitter that we talk about. At Sleepers Podcast. Hey, thanks. Bye. Goodbye.